What's up, my peoples? How you guys doing? This is Edgar Otra Vez with another episode of the Flowro Podcast. My cohort for today is not my cousin Dan. In this particular episode, we're doing a podcast about podcasts. Yeah, it's meta, I know. But I'm hoping that maybe we shine the light on some podcasts that you may not be aware of. Not my cousin Dan brought some really good podcasts up. I have not heard of some of these. I started looking at some of their content and I've subscribed already. I hope you guys agree and also follow some of these other podcasts as well. As always, you want to support the podcast, get yourself a throw pillow over at shop.theflowrollpodcast.com. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on The Flow Row on Instagram. Now here's the show. And then I'm like, the next yeah. one, then it's like, no, this one's the best one. <laughs> this one's the best one. But, um, but yeah, so anyway. And uh, everybody who's listening is like, I'm waiting for the best one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, or like, what's wrong with these idiots? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, welcome to another episode of the Flow Road Podcast. This is Edgar Otra Vez with... Not my cousin Dan, the very powerful, very funny. <laughs> not my cousin Dan. <laughs> you going all Rogan? Yes. Oh yeah, he's powerful. 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 <laughs> well, and today's podcast—it's uh, funny that you bring up Rogan because today's podcast is about podcasts, our favorite podcasts. We're doing a podcast about podcasts. We're getting meta. We're getting very meta here. <laughs> So anyway, um, so you you wanna you, I I got several. I didn't really kind of number them as in terms of like which one's my favorite or anything like that. Yeah, I, I, let's just flow with it, man. Because it, it's just like anything. You can't say this is my favorite. You know what I mean? It's because uh-huh. they're cause, all good. Yeah, you know? because the flow roll is our favorite. <laughs> <laughs> the flow roll is my favorite podcast. Yes, yes. I I've rated it at least fifteen times. <laughs> Why? Thank you, Dan. We really do need those ratings right now. <laughs> so, um, so let let me start. Uh, my first my first one on my list. Uh, and again, this is not like my favorite or my least favorite. It's just on my list of of my favorites and uh hot boxing with mike tyson and evan Britton or Britton Britton. he's like this show is is super good um it's really good at times and then there's times where it just kind of dismisses for me you know but oh, sure i mean any any podcast is going to be like that yeah but it's like at hours well i mean well Ours is pretty steady, right? I mean, it's like, <laughs> like it's they're all the hit factory. Yeah, it's the hit factory in here. It, it just is. It's just like you know. Sometimes it's just not as much of as a, as a hit, but it's still a hit. It's just <laughs> maybe number two instead of number one, right? No, but like with with Mike Tyson's hot boxing, it's like there are episodes. It's like, oh man, this one this one sucked a little bit, you know. But um, but that Evan uh, that Evan character. He recently got on YouTube 
and talked about how he may he's getting he might be getting pushed out or something out of out of the show which is kind of oh, sad weird yeah if you listen to him he, he's if you listen to the show at all like he he's not the, the best um he he doesn't seem he's he's he kind of lets mike tyson shine he doesn't get in the way of mike tyson kind of dropping well him. most people who are smart don't get in the way of mike tyson that's you absolutely want <laughs> yeah absolutely kinda, let him do what he's gonna do. Yeah, no, yeah, or just get the fuck out of the way, right? Like, just, yeah, right. Yeah, you, know, you don't want Mike Tyson in your way, or you don't want to get in the way of Mike Tyson. So Evan seems to kind of just let him talk, and I, it's not. I don't think. I don't think he adds much to the podcast, and maybe that's what's happening. Like, maybe they're like, "Well, let's get somebody in here." Huh. Well, you know what though? Sometimes I can, I can kind of tell when I listen to certain podcasts. There's somebody there who doesn't necessarily add much to it, but they're an anchor. Yeah. And like, no, they may not be adding much in the way of content, but you take that person away and then all of a sudden the other people are just kind of talking to a wall. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I can't think of any good examples now, but I mean, maybe that's what he actually adds. Maybe his contribution is that he's, he's just by him being there draws the best out of Tyson. That's an interesting point. Uh, Cause I, 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 he, he, like I said, he posted something on YouTube talking about what may be developing and he doesn't know what's going to happen. And so I think it was kind of a bad move for him to do so to kind of jump. Yeah. On that's it. sounds he, like a dumb thing to do. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't burning bridges. You know, he was talking respectful, respectfully of everybody, but still he like, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be doing that. And he said his words were like the, the business is getting in the way of him being on the show kind of, I'm mm. paraphrasing, but that's kind of what he said. And so like, I'm like, Oh, so you're not getting paid what you want. Right. <laughs> so like, and he was talking and then he said something to the effect of, Oh, and you know, uh, they're, you know, my mom or my dad or someone said to me, I should never do anything for free. And I'm like, dude, you were doing that shit for free. Yeah. yeah. You're working with Mike Tyson. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? There's, there's some wisdom to that. You know, um, you kind of have to, you learn this when you work freelance and, you know, I learned this in a number of different roles that I, that I've, worked in is you kind of have to name your price yeah and if you if the price that you name is zero then zero is what you're gonna get yeah you know yeah and, and like the you know and plus again what we're doing we're starting right we're doing yeah. that thing we're we're yeah like that's mike tyson that, that fucking yeah. guy i mean i know he's been up and down and broke and not broken but like you know mike tyson does a podcast people are going to listen you know yeah you know he's got it's money not, it's not something that you really have to promote too hard yeah so you like know? i think i think i don't know i don't know what the financial situation is there uh with him but he should have had that conversation about money yeah earlier, you know yeah well uh, i mean i who knows what the like the politicking is like right yeah. but but uh, yeah, maybe it's a little bit late now to ask for a paycheck. 
if you yeah. haven't been getting one all along. But more power to him for asking for one. You know, yeah. he's going to ask for one and they're not going to give it to him. Well, it's kind of sucks, you know. Well, here's the thing, too. Like, like uh, you can renegotiate the terms of whatever agreement you have at any point. Right. You mm-hmm. can you can always kind of bring come back to the table and say, hey, look, OK, let's reassess this. What you know, this is how much I think I'm worth now, you know, because of right the contribution yeah. or the more or all the things I brought to this, et cetera. So I think I think it's all it has to be about money. It has to be about money. It either has to be about yeah. money or they're just kind of trying to push them out because now Mike has brought something interesting to the table. People are listening and he yeah. is, he is so like Mike Tyson is so fascinating on that podcast. I mean, there's the knowledge that he, that, that he drops the, the things that he knows only Mike Tyson can know only a fighter can know. And someone I, I I'm going to have to listen to this podcast because I haven't listened to it, but I, I would also imagine Mike Tyson is the kind of guy who says a lot of you can't ever anticipate what he's going to say. Yes. He strikes me as that kind of guy where the whole time it's just like, I, what did he just say? Yeah. Yeah. He it's, it's a lot of stuff, but it's not like in your face kind of stuff. He gets super metaphysical. Like he's talking about like his soul and shit. And it's a super spiritual podcast. It's, it's really kind of not what you expect it's not what you would would expect from a fucking champion kick uh pickup boxer boxer you know what i'm saying yeah he is super introspective really wise at this point in life and to hear him speak um on any subject is like really fascinating sometimes it's like oh dude what <laughs> you know yeah. like like you've gotten way too high for even me. Like, you know, I've, I'm like, sometimes I'll sit there and listen to this guy and I'm getting a contact high from listening. to <laughs> Cause I mean, they sit there. The reason it's called hot boxing is because he sits there and he fucking gets high. You know? <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now I'm definitely going to listen to this. Podcast. Oh, dude. He, hot boxing. Okay. Hot boxing. Yeah. He's got some really good ones. Um, the one, uh, the one that sticks out of my mind is the one with Sugar Ray Leonard. Cause he talks to Sugar Ray Leonard and he tells him like, Oh, you know, like, you know, you were, in, I was in juvie and you, you came in like, you know, you talked, like you showed me some stuff or whatever, or you, but I was in juvie and you inspired me to, you know, to kind of do this shit. And so like, he had always have that. He always had like that kind of inclination, that kind of uh, like these road signs telling him to go to boxing. Yeah. And uh, Sugar Ray, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard was one of those. And, uh, when he talks about when he talks to Sugar Ray Leonard about Sugar Ray Leonard, like he tells him how important he was for him. It's it's really kind of he's coming from us from a really humble place. And it's it's really fascinating. Right. You know, and, and you can see that he has so much love for Sugar Ray Leonard. And and you just all you want to do is just listen to the guy talk, you know? Yeah. So well, he, it's that's also one of my favorite things about some podcasts um, like this one you're talking about or like WTF with with Marin mm-hmm. or sometimes every once in a while you'll get it listening to Rogan 
where they'll have a guest on and it's obvious that that guest is like one of their idols. Yeah. And so there's something, there's something cool about listening to somebody who's basically super famous, who's like uh, more human than human, basically mm-hmm. gushing over one of their idols. Yeah. Right. That's, it's uh, it's humanizing, but it's also, it's, it's like, it's humanizing in that way where, where it's like everybody has idols. Everybody always has an idol, somebody else that they're in the shadow of or looking up to no matter how big they get, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a cool, it's a cool moment when you get to hear that. Yeah, dude. Like it's funny. Um, And this, this, this story kind of sucks a little bit, but it's like uh, when uh, one time I was hanging out at the gym. Right. And I was like, I don't know. Uh, 34 33 maybe a little older maybe a little younger at this point so like 25 years ago something like that (laughs) and so i'm hanging out at the gym right and then in walks this kid and he's got like the cauliflower ear and he was there to kind of like pick up some boxing Mm because yeah i think he had a fight coming up or something you know he was just training and so he showed up at this boxing gym where i was hanging at and he just, this kid just eyeballs me the whole fucking time I'm there. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid, right? So um, I don't pay attention to it much, you know. But eventually, finally, he comes up to me because I'm like talking to all these other guys. And these guys are like guys he knows, right? So he comes up and he says, you used to fight, right? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I fought a long time ago, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, it's just like uh, I think I know you. And I'm like, you do? And he's like, yeah. I was at this one fight where you knocked this guy out and I'm like, Oh, you were at that fight. And I was like, cause I only, only knocked one guy out. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and so then he's like, yeah, I was at that fight. And I'm like, are you serious? It's like, yeah, dude, you're the reason I wanted to become a fighter. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. I was like, really? He was like, yeah, dude, the way you knocked that guy out. And then the whole, the whole gym was cheering and it was a, it was an obscene kind of, it was kind of crazy. Cause it was like, like the gym was packed. There was a lot of people there. And I was like the last fight or the second to last. I wasn't the last fight. I couldn't have been, but there was like the, I was, I was like 10th or eighth in the night in, in the night like all like the whole school went there because we had like 10 guys fighting right or five guys i don't know how many we had a lot of guys fighting and so uh this guy this guy <laughs> said he was there cheering the whole you know the whole team on all night you know because we were winning fight after fight after fight after fight everybody was winning and then, you know, my coach would come in and he's like, okay, this guy just, you know, okay, that guy, that fight's over. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what happened? And he's like, oh, he won. I'm like, fuck. You know? and like, I better win. Then. I better win. Right? <laughs> and then another guy come in and he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, that fight's over. And I'm like, okay, well, what happened? And he's just like, he won. I'm like, fuck. So I was just getting like, like super. Was this like the All Valley karate tournament it was kind of like Cobra Kai? It was kind of a little bit of that deal, but it was kickboxing, right? And so then. I end up being the last fight for the team, right? I think there was like 15 fights. Who knows how many fights? But there are a lot of fights, right? And so um, I go out, you know, I, I, you know, I, I fight this guy. I hit him. I hit him. I remember we hit him. I hit him with an uppercut and then a hook, and he, he was out. And then he didn't get up. 
the ref counted them out and the fucking the stadium went bananas right everybody's like ah, you know but there was a lot of people there right because yeah i was already kind of like the last one of the last like or at least in the middle someplace yeah towards the back end of the night so everybody who was going to show up has shown up right so that's part one the other part is it's like i don't know why but there was a lot of people at this at this particular event and that kid had to have been i don't know five ten years old who knows when that happened right yeah because then you know years later he runs into the guy that inspired him that's an awesome story it's crazy but then he well hold on there's more to the story but then he's like but now you suck no <laughs> but basically but what see what happens was he's like oh cool all right oh dude man that night was that was amazing man i was just a little kid i was taking like like these uh like uh the kid classes at that school and blah blah is like oh man that was awesome and it's like okay so like what what'd you do did you go pro did you like i'm like uh no i became a web developer (laughs) (laughs) and he was like what (laughs) (laughs) yeah man like you know no so like the guy was like so so like did you become a champion did you fucking you know did you do this you no i just i became a fucking cube jockey yeah, <laughs> you know, and he's like, and chances are you will too. And like, I didn't want to do that to. Oh, you can't, you can't. No, nah. but he on was people, man. No, oh, that dude, that dude was not gonna ever become that either, because he was, he was, he was on that path, bro. Like yeah. his, his faith, his face had already shown. He's got the broken nose and yeah. the cauliflower ear, and he was ripped. He was yeah. fucking ripped. And I'm like, damn, like you standing here inspires me. You know, like. Yeah. Like, fuck, you know, like cuz like the kid was in shape. He he was a fighter, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he he was he was he had like the fucking he had like a mullet, you know, he was fucking wacky, you know? And, and uh <laughs> like uh like Jean-Claude Van Damme's older brother in Bloodsport. Something like that, bro. Right? It's just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I know who you're talking about the fucking yeah. the the who was guy. an actual that dude was an actual kickboxing champion, right? Oh, you're thinking of kickboxer or a kickboxer? Yeah, kickboxer and bloodsport are kind of the same movie. That guy, Dennis Alexio. Yeah, he I think ended up retiring later because I'm not sure. I, I I shouldn't say that because I don't know what happened to him. But well, he yeah. broke his shin at a kickboxing fight. That's hardcore, man. His his fucking shit just went butter. Oh. It like it looked like rubber, and then it just flapped around and shit, and it. Ah. And then he kicked him, and I guess he didn't realize it or just kind of, like, kept going with it. So he went back. Like, he kicked it. He kicked the chin. He he, he saw the check. He brought the leg back to, to kind of, like, get and his felt, balance. Oh, and, they, and they just. God. Can you imagine how much it would hurt to try to stand on that? Dude, it is. It must have fucking hurt like a motherfucker. And not only that, but it's super dangerous because if I, I believe well, if the skin uh, rips through. Yeah. If if the bone rips through the skin, you lose a leg. Probably, I I don't know anything about it. I've also heard that those those bones, they're they're tough. You know, your shin bones are tough, but that that also makes them fairly brittle. So that when they break, especially if it's a bad like compound break, the chances of you getting like little little pieces, little shards that get into your bloodstream and find their way to your heart and kill you are, are pretty high. Jesus Christ. 
Yeah. I suggest things that I've heard. Who knows how true they are? That's that's we do live in the age of misinformation, you know. Yeah, we do, right? Oh, hopefully. But yeah, Dennis Alexio was was kind of a badass. Yeah. He was he was like the king of kickboxing for a long time. Dude. Yeah, he was badass. He was badass, but oh well. I don't know what happened to him. I, I wonder what happened to him. I should look him up to see what's like what's he up to. But give me one of yours. No. Give me one of yours, your favorite. Okay, player. so we talked about hot boxing with Mike Tyson. I'm gonna go the exact opposite direction. I'm gonna go, <laughs> I'm gonna go deep down into nerdland. Let's go. And this is this is a really popular podcast. I don't know that any of the podcasts that I'm gonna talk about are are things that are gonna be like new niche discoveries for anybody uh-huh. but there's a podcast i listen to and this is just going to reveal how nerdy i am if, if, if it wasn't already painfully obvious but i've been listening to it for years the adventure zone i've never heard of this it's oh i'm i'm almost surprised but not really the adventure zone is a real play dungeons and dragons podcast <laughs> yeah wow it's, it's it's put out by uh well i was gonna say the mcelroy brothers but it's really the mcelroy family now but uh the mcelroys are super um famous i mean they're 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 like kings of the uh, content creator universe Huh. I, they they do a ton of different podcasts. They started out with uh, Polygon Magazine. Like they bought Polygon Magazine and became the publishers of that. When they were still, fa- they're still fairly young now, but when they were very young, like fresh fresh out of college. And, uh, and they started doing um, Polygon and then doing other, I hope it's Polygon. If it's not Polygon, I sound like an idiot, but um <laughs> But they, they, they've done so many different things. They've done a ton of different podcasts. Um, one, one of the podcasts is called My Brother, My Brother and Me. And it's just so you've got three brothers, Justin McElroy, Griffin McElroy and Travis McElroy. Griffin is arguably kind of the most famous one. Um, and they, so they would do these video game, like video game content with Polygon. They started, it's one of my favorite YouTube channels called Monster Factory. Uh-huh. And what they do is they they play video games where you have like the um the character creator where like you can you like Skyrim where like you can basically custom create your character to look almost like anything almost that you possibly could imagine, you know? Uh-huh. And so they'll play all these games and while they're creating their characters, they'll go out of their way to make like the most horrifying looking <laughs> mistake of a character you know and then they'll go and they'll play the game for you know for a couple hours right uh-huh and like the episodes of monster factory are maybe 20 minutes to half an hour long but it, you know it's just snippets of them going through the game and doing spending an inordinate amount of time irritating other people in like <laughs> like the like a multiplayer universe or so like uh-huh. one of the best episodes of it that they do is uh in second life uh-huh. Um, I'm gonna have to check anyway, this out. I'm gonna have so, to check this out. So the adventures, yeah. Everybody, anybody, you you have to check out Monster Factory on YouTube because it's damn fine entertainment. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, so they they started a podcast that is actually a spinoff, if I remember correctly, spun off from their other podcast, my brother and my brother and me, where they invited their dad, Clint McElroy, to join them in a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. And it was originally just supposed to be like this one episode that they did of my brother, my brother and me. And the episode was so popular that they were like, well, let's just do all instead of just like one game, let's do like a whole campaign. Wow. And so if you're not familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, a campaign normally is, you know, a long form. You, you play the same characters multiple times over a long period of time and your character levels up and and you go through all these different adventures within the same universe within the same setting right and so they've they've already been through i think they're on their fifth one now uh but i mean it's the the podcast goes back years and years i've been listening to it for years and and listen to them go through all these different campaigns and different characters and stuff and and, you know, uh, when I was a teenager, I loved Dungeons and Dragons. I played Dungeons and Dragons all the time. Huh. Uh, and so, like, I, I, had, I haven't played much since, uh, like, when I was in college, probably, like, freshman year and sophomore year of college, I played, and then I got too cool for it. But, uh, uh, but um, uh this podcast I got into so deep that some friends and I actually started our own D and D adventure. So we're getting back into it. Oh, wow. Well, that's cool. I, I got, I don't, I, I like the idea of the, of the, of them going around trolling people with like the weirdest <laughs> characters in, in the video games. I'm not sure. We're talking about tabletop. Dungeons yeah, and Dragons. Yeah, dice and you know stuff like that. I'm, I'll the, listen the, to what, it, but I don't know if that's my. Uh, that's it's my not thing. gonna be everybody's bag. Yeah. That's for sure. But uh, I think what makes it interesting to listen to is their brothers and their father. You know, their their family, and so you get an interesting dynamic just because of that. Okay. But they're like genuinely nice people. You get uh -huh. the sense that they're they're genuinely good human beings, and and that's worth listening to for that. Uh huh. You know, you don't get a lot of that these days. People generally seem to have an edge about them. Yeah, these they're just nice and they're playful, and you know, sometimes sometimes they're a little roasty towards each other, but it's <laughs> never like mean spirited. Yeah, and so that's that's fun but you know it's it's fun to listen to somebody else's adventure i guess you know mm -hmm. it's one of the reasons i listen to podcasts especially conversational podcasts like what what we've been doing where it's just us having conversations basically it's it's almost a little bit voyeuristic like you're you get into a podcast or like you listen to uh wtf with marin you know or Fresh Air on uh, NPR, Fresh Air with Terry Gross is, is kind of similar where, yeah, it's an interview format, but it really comes across just more as a conversation. 
And it feels sort of like you're part of that conversation. Like, no, you're not contributing to it, Mm -hmm. but you're sitting in on it. And, you know, there's something a little voyeuristic about it. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I think the, I think what it is, is, is what we're doing. It's kind of reminiscent of the campfire stories, you know? Sure. Yeah. It's basically we're all sitting around and we're listening to somebody tell us a story. Right. Yep. And, uh, and since, and, and I have a couple of podcasts that kind of, that I can kind of go from here in terms of segue, because, um, man, I can't remember the, the, there was one, now that you're talking about storytelling and just kind of like the voyeurism of, of podcasting, I can't remember the name of the podcast now, but there was a storytelling podcast and they would, it might be one of the ones that I'm going to bring up. <laughs> and, well, this one they stopped doing. So I don't know if it, if it is because they stopped doing it. I think it was called like the storytelling podcast or something. It was something very generic. But anyway, um, they, were, they would go town to town and pick up people and people would perform their stories in front of a crowd. And they okay. would tell these stories. And some of them were hilarious. Some of them were really sad. But like they were so compelling, right? Um, but since we're on the, the, I can't remember the name of the podcast. That's not the podcast. Are so you talking up. about the moth? No, it wasn't the okay. moth. But I actually, I think I actually listened to that one. And I like that one. The, the one that I'm going to bring up um, for for my next one is Snap Judgments. Uh, Snap Judgment presents Spooked. Now, Spooked is similar to what you're talking about, where you're just kind of listening to people tell a story or interaction or conversation or whatever. But someone calls into Spook. They leave them. I, I don't know if they record it prehand or how they do it, but they tell a story and they tell the story of them having a supernatural experience. So, so that's the twist on what we're talking about here. And it is. It's awesome. Like there, there are moments where I have like my skin, like the hair on my, on my neck just perks right up. I'm just like, ah, like it, there's, there's been some really interesting stories out of, out of spooked. Um, I really enjoy it. It's uh, the host is Glenn Washington. And it's interesting because he starts, he's, he, he's, he opens a podcast and he closes the podcast. He does the intro and outro, but he doesn't interact with the person telling the story. He just lets them go. And then they tell the story and he throws music underneath. Right. And, and you listen to the story and they're usually about, I don't know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. So they're nice little bits. And I was listening to him the whole time uh, during Halloween. Cause he releases them in like seasons. And so like every Halloween, I just fire it up and just plow through a whole season of, of spooked. Spooked. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. That sounds like something I would get into. I I, I dig the scary stuff, man. I, I I really do. I would do. I would love to do like a scary podcast, but I I I'm not like a like how I don't know how I would create more content. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know a lot of scary stories. I don't know that a lot of real like supernatural scary stuff has happened to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, like scary stuff has happened to me. 
but more in like the existential dread sort of way, you know, more in like the nobody wants to hear about that because it's just going to make them anxious. You know? <laughs> nobody wants to hear about your struggles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, people listen to the podcast to escape, you know, <laughs> not, to, yeah. not to get grounded and more, wor- yeah. more worried. Oh, I, I, I don't know if I want to derail the podcast, but I do have a, a story about when, like, I, I did get really like my doctor scared the shit out of me. Once. All right, let's hear it. What's going on? So um, this, this is one of the scarier things that ever happened to me. And it ended up being like ridiculous. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, I was having some real discomfort, like in my uh, like stomach, you know, mm. stomach and like up behind my breastbone. And it got to the point where it was like, I, you know, I thought it was um, like uh, uh, indigestion or, or acid reflux or something. So mm-hmm. I kept taking antacids and it, it wasn't helping. So I finally went to the doctor and my doctor was like, okay, well, based on the fact that, you know, you're, you're, you're basically morbidly obese <laughs> and based, based on some other stuff, I want to, uh, I want you to go get an ultrasound. <laughs> for like, your not like for a baby like you're having a baby you're, you're having a meatloaf you know no. it's um, a poop baby and, and no like i want i want to have your liver and your um your liver and your uh pancreas and your gallbladder ultrasounded you know and, and he was like because you know a, there's a small chance that this could be either pancreatic cancer or oh uh, fuck uh, or like gallbladder cancer, you know? Oh, fuck. And, and he, he was responsible at that point in that, like, it's a small chance, but, you know, considering whatever, you know, you're doing isn't helping, you know, I want to rule it out. Okay. Okay, fine. So I go and I get the ultrasound done and the, the doctor calls me and was like, uh, we, I want you to come into the office, which is never good, right? Mm-hmm. If they're not going to tell you over the phone, that's never a good sign. And so I go into the office and he's like, you know what? We got to, based on, based on the ultrasound results, we got to send you in and get, you know, all sorts of blood work done. I'm not making this up, Edgar. I'm not, I'm not trying to be dramatic. Uh-huh. He told me, based on what I'm seeing on the ultrasound, I want you to seriously consider getting your affairs in order. What? I'm not making this up. When did he say this? In, in the office when I went to. No, but I mean, like how long ago? Oh, this was years, years, and years ago. Okay. Okay. Right. And, and, and he's like, I, I want you to consider getting your affairs in order because what I'm seeing on the ultrasound isn't good. Oh, fuck. So, and, 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 you know, I'm seeing things that make me think that, you know, there's, you, you've got, um, basically liver cancer. Fuck. <laughs> you know? And I don't know anything about anything. And so I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So let's go get those blood tests. And the thing about the American medical system is, uh, despite all of the talk about how wonderful private insurance is and how we have access to the best medical care in the country, uh, there isn't much of a sense of urgency 
So I went to get the blood test and I, and I had, <laughs> I went and I had to have a blood test. I had to have a couple of other imaging tests. I had to have like a, a couple of MRIs. And then a, I don't remember what it was called, but I had to do this test where I basically sit down and eat radioactive eggs. And then they, they have a, a machine that basically um, measures like, like sits and, and like watches how fast the food is moving through your digestive system, you know? What? So like, I, I spent like a day or about two days getting all of these different tests done and getting the blood work done. And I'm sitting there thinking I'm fucking dying because my doctor told me to get my affairs in order, you know? Um, like, and it took fucking weeks for the <laughs> results to come back. Like you should have died like already. In, in the meantime, like, yeah. it, so, so like this was just before Christmas is when this is all going down. My grandmother dies. Uh, grandmother dies on Christmas Eve, uh, Christmas day, new year's comes and goes. And I still haven't heard anything from anybody about these test results. And so like, weeks go by and I'm sitting there thinking I'm dying, like consulting, like getting a will, you know, all this shit. Like I purged all of the alcohol in my house because it was like, don't alcohol could kill you. So don't drink any alcohol, you know? Uh, so I gave away probably thousands of dollars worth of alcohol. Um, and then finally, like I get fed up and I call my doctor and I'm like, doctor, it's been weeks. You told me I was dying, basically. I haven't heard anything. What can you tell me? And he says, yeah, uh, so we got all the blood work back and all the other tests and uh, the ultrasound operator must have been having a bad day because everything's fine. Meanwhile, you're like not drinking. You're getting rid of all your shit. You're fucking living in, in, in mortal fear. Like I'm in mortal peril. Make it you up know? your will. <laughs> Telling people I love you. Having, you know? having those, those discussions, those like, listen, you know, <laughs> I don't want any like, like having to sit down and actually think about it and have the. I don't want any special measures conversation. Yeah. Like if I, if I go no resuscitation, don't put me on a ventilator you yeah. know, kind of discussion, yeah. having to have those real discussions with people. And then, Oh, the uh, ultrasound operator must've been having a bad day. Like, <laughs> like, fuck, like, like you go back and you're like, and, well, and then, if, then what's more is I like, okay, so then what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Do you do you ever like? Is there anything? It, it turned out he he basically told me stop eating Indian food. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro, Indian food, man, that will give you the shits. And the funny thing is, it worked because like there was an Indian restaurant right near my office where I was working at the time uh -huh. that I would go to like three times a week because I really liked it. I like Indian food. But I don't, uh -huh. you know. I like my food spicy. What can I say? Uh -huh. you know, and they would make some really beautiful spicy bang on Bartha there that I love, but like it, like he, it, that's what it shook out to was like, is there anything? <laughs> and, and the whole time I'm like, it seems like these are questions you should have maybe asked me before telling me you think I was dying. Yeah. You know, 
but it like I stopped going to the Indian restaurant three days a week and I got better, <laughs> you know, that is, uh, but I mean, stuff like that. That's why I just don't go to doctors anymore. You know, I almost, it's almost to the point now where it's like, I would, I would rather find out that I'm dying the moment that I'm on my deathbed, you know, because this stuff is ridiculous. Oh, dude, that is like, I wish I was exaggerating this story. I wish I was making it up. I can only imagine, bro. You're like going to like Billy in second grade. I'm sorry that I picked on you, man. I, know I didn't we haven't go talked, that far. I, didn't I know we go, haven't talked in years, but I want to settle this before we. I didn't. Right. I didn't do any of that. I kept it fairly close to the vest, you know. But it, okay. but I did. I was like like some of my very close friends. I was like, listen, I uh, basically can't drink now or ever again, or it might kill me. So uh, do you, do you, and, and it's like, especially at that time, not so much anymore. I don't, I don't drink much anymore, uh-huh. but at the time I was big into whiskey. Uh, not, mm. not like, not like alcoholism. Like I enjoyed scotch. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed, you know, expensive whiskeys. And like, I had, I probably, I'm not kidding. I probably gave away like thousands of dollars worth of booze because I thought I would, I thought it would kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, well, you know that I don't, I don't drink because first off I'm, I'm a lightweight as you have been witness to. And uh, second it's. Am I? Oh, dude. I don't ever remember seeing you drink ever. You've been with me a couple of times where I've done some silly shit. Um, but, that must have been more silly because I just I just don't remember it. There's that one time we went to the to the Russian tea room. Oh yeah, okay, with the horseradish vodka. Yeah, yeah, okay, I remember. Yeah, and then I yeah. ended like you 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 were like holding your own, and my dumbass was trying to keep up with well, you and, and the other guy. Oh, shit, at that time in my life, I I probably had more alcohol than blood in me at any Dude. given time of the day. Dude, I don't know why I do that. You're 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 one of the other people that I've done that with where I'm like, oh, I, I can hang, you know, and I'm like trying to drink and I'm like, fuck this. And by the time I realized, fuck this, it's too late. It was already it's yeah. already too late. Yeah, it's way too late because it's time release, man. There's stuff that hasn't hit you yet. Oh, dude, speaking of time release on the way home, I had the fuck. I was on the bus. You jumped on a, on a taxi. And ended up rolling well, yeah, around in the back seat. <laughs> yeah. You told me the taxi yeah. took off and you ended up like rolling around on the floor in the in the back seat of the taxi. But but then like my ass <laughs> <laughs> but then my ass jumped on a fucking on a bus, right? Because I don't I didn't live too far from downtown. So I jump on a bus and that bus was gonna take me all the way home. And so I jump on this bus and I make it to as far as like, I don't know, just outside the downtown area like uic and i'm like oh no the stopping and going oh yeah had made yeah. me fucking super nauseous and i couldn't oh, hold it anymore dude there is there is nothing oh you didn't bomb on the bus did you? i was this close bro i was like i was dinging that bell and you know how like you can't just keep dinging it anymore i was just like ah i was just i kept dinging i'm like let me off and so the no. dude like stopped right at the corner like he's supposed to and i jumped off and as soon as i as soon as the doors open, bleh, oh it wow! Just, it just it just spewed out, and all all, all I could do was like kind of walk 
away from it as I jumped off the bus. You know, like I, I bleh, there was like this rainbow of, of vomit. Oh, wow. But was, it was beautiful. It was it was all kinds of colors. And then I would ride under it and jumped like jumped off like the bus. Oh, wow. Oh, but, so landed on you? No, no, not a speck. Oh, wow. This sounds pretty acrobatic. It was. But then like I, I ended up laying on the on the bus bench like a bum. And called my wife to come pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> I just laid on there and I was like, go uh, get me. <laughs> oh, that's that is awesome. Uh, yeah, there's there's not much worse than than being uh, like spins drunk on uh, a bus or on an L train or even on the metro train. Oh, it's it's brutal. Oh, but there's also that face that your wife gives you, you know, or your significant other, and just like, why, uh, why yeah. are you doing this shit? You're, yeah, you're not yeah. a young boy. You're anymore. not a child. Yeah, I'm like, just take me home. I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like all you can do is sit there and be like, if you were, if you were anywhere close to rational, it would just be like, I made an error. <laughs> I am well aware of the error. Uh-huh. You don't need to explain the error to me. Just take me home and let me wallow in my shame. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know? dude, that was that was a horrible night, dude. That was there was <laughs> that was a work night. too. <laughs> that was like a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the sad thing, the sad thing is thinking about it, like at that point in my life, that was not a rare occurrence for me at all. I I enjoyed the drink. Yeah, no, I did it a lot. I hated it. I fucking hated oh. it. I was like, and before I knew it, I was like, oh shit, I'm I'm at where I don't want to be, am I? <laughs> this is not what I want to do. Oh no, I'm gonna be so fucked up tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like I like it's already. I'm already. I already like like when I can't stand and I'm like tripping over my words more than usual. Yeah, I realize, oh fuck. I fucked up and tomorrow's going to suck. Yeah. Maybe even tonight. Isn't it always the way you, the point at which you figure out you fucked up, it's way too late. It's It's way way too too late, late. even for like corrective action. Yep. It's just, it's, it's the moment you realize you've made a mistake. The only thing you can do is ride it the rest of the way out. Just keep moving forward. You you can't run, run away. You can't turn around. You can't jump off to the side. No, nope. you just got to keep, keep plowing ahead. Just, just keep and doing let it. it keep getting worse because it's too late. Dude. I, but, I, yeah. I, my wife, like she was like, she said she hate that. That was one of the worst nights. Cause I, I ended up like, I got home and I went straight to the bed and just laid in the bed. Uh-huh. And she said that when she went in there, that I had stuck up, I had stunk up the room so bad oh, sure. with alcohol. Cause I was just yeah. pissing. My skin was just pissing alcohol. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got the gin sweats. Yeah. yeah. So it was just, it's just coming out of me. And she said that the room smelled so much like alcohol. She didn't want to sleep, sleep there that night. And I just kept going. I, it was just me from the room to the toilet, to the room, to the toilet all night. I just kept fucking throwing up. And it was, it was, it was brutal. It was brutal, bro. It, it was brutal. Cause you Man, were just, you know, not to, not to add insult to injury or anything, but I didn't throw up at all. I just nah. went home. I, I got home. I watched some stuff on TV. Yeah. You just rolled around on the taxi. That's all that happened. To you. I slipped. <laughs> I slipped getting into the taxi. How do you, that no, shit happened. how do you, 
There's a giant fucking couch in the back seat of a taxi. How do you slip? You should just like. How do you? End up well, on the floor? when you're drunk, your feet don't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. And and but. I mean, I'm not. I'm not you. I'm not like any other any other person. I cannot drink. I can. I cannot well, drink. And it's good that you get that. You know. Oh, I. I I'm well get, aware of it. It took me like I shouldn't drink. I may be able to to put it a lot of it down, but you know, it I behave like a moron, you know. Mm. I that's that's when people say, you know, you can't hold your drink. Yeah, it means it's, for some people that means throwing up, for some people that means acting the fool. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you know, that's my version of a scary story, <laughs> right? Like throwing up. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's like, like, I don't have too many spooky things that have happened to me to talk about, but I have these existential dread stories where it's like your doctor telling you, Hey, uh, you're, you, you're probably, you know, good as dead. So, you know. well, I mean, I mean, the other thing too, is like fucking doctors, man. I mean, everything, everything is about, Oh, you, it's just cause you're fat. You know, it's just like, motherfucker. <laughs> like I broke my arm. It's not cause I'm fat, you know, <laughs> you know, like, that's not yeah, but most of the time being being fat yeah. is like smoking in that it makes everything worse. Yeah. Like being fat may not be why X, Y, or Z is a problem, but X, Y, or Z is a million times worse because you're fat, you know? But anyway, so, all right. You <laughs> talked about spooked. Are you done on spooked? Yes, yes, yes. Your turn. Okay, so spooked. I'm writing it down so that I can go listen to it because it sounds right up my alley. Um, sort of along the same lines, but it's a little spooky, but it's fiction. It's science fiction, uh, podcast called dust. Mm. And it's, um, they do it, it by seasons, you know, so like 10 or 11 or 12 episodes per season, but every season is like a new, um, it, it, it's like a new, new, whole new uh, world, a whole new kind of universe. Uh, and kind of like, have you ever watched American Horror Story? Yes. So it's, it's, an, it's sort of an anthology series, right? Where it, it's, it's different characters every time and it's a different story every time. But it's, you know, the same cast or similar cast members and it's the same group of people producing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they 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 they've done a lot of really interesting things. The the most recent arc is really really good. Um, hmm. It's uh, let me it's um, uh, called Chrysalis, and it's basically about an AI that uh, survives like a genocidal attack on humanity Mm. by aliens basically and survives. And then over the course of uh, they did, they never necessarily make it very clear how long, but over the course of a long number of years um, uses all of the resources that are left on earth to move out into interstellar space and hunt down the people that, uh, that killed off humanity. That is awesome. And it's a, it's a really, really well done story arc. They've done, but that's, that's just the most recent season. They've done these other, uh, 
uh, seasons where like the season two was called flight and uh, it was um, every every episode was from a different person's perspective on the same flight. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that one was, was pretty solid too. Um, And then uh, season one, it was called horizons and it's like, it's an anthology of like, it's, it's episode to episode. It was very episodic. It wasn't like one unifying story across the whole season per se. Uh, but it was uh, just individual short science fiction stories. And that, that was, it, it's all good. So it's called dust produced by an, uh, an outfit called uh, what is it? Gunpowder and sky. Yeah. Gunpowder and sky well worth looking into uh if you're into a specific like speculative fiction right sci-fi has a lot of different kind of subgenres. speculative fiction is kind of the stuff that happens in in within the realm of kind of hard science you know uh-huh. um what what could be possible type stuff dude uh, that sounds really really solid that sounds fascinating bro the chrysalis story yeah you gotta it's a revenge story and the episodes like it's they're 15 to 20 minute episodes you can Mm -hmm. plow through the entire season if you want in an afternoon Mm. i just i just like the idea of of the child revenge story yeah not being an actual human being but being a robot right it's so interesting it, yeah, it's uh, and it's really, really well done. It's That's, very good. I am checking that one out. And they, sure. they shift perspectives too. So, uh, like it, from episode to episode, it shifts perspective from the perspective of the AI that survived mm-hmm. to the uh, perspective of like the aliens as this stuff is happening. You know, mm. um, and and it's it's really interesting because part of it is that that amount of time between when earth was attacked like again i i mean they do make it clear at some point but i mean it's like hundreds of years have passed and so nobody even knows it happened and so everybody that's getting attacked is is like who who is this mystery villain that's coming to kill us (laughs) and why are they coming to kill us interesting huh interesting in a way, it re- I can't. I, I can't remember what it was called now. But there was like a, it was a sci-fi story that started off as a message board. Maybe somebody who's listening will remember what it's called. It started off on a message board, where somebody just came up with the seed of this idea, and then it turned into this whole message board of people just adding to it and basically like cooperatively writing this whole story. And the, the, the basis of the story was that um, human beings are uh, w- one of the reasons why we don't have like interstellar contact is because physically we are in this story. It ends. It, it turns out that physically no, no one in the galaxy ever expects that people who live on a class 12 planet, which is how, earth is categorized where you have high high atmospheric pressure and high gravity because the 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 planet has a lot of mass uh 
no intelligent life could ever survive on a, on a planet like that. You know, they hmm. call them hell worlds or something. Hmm. And, uh, and so like when humans do accidentally end up making it into, into outer space, they are so much like stronger and more powerful and resilient than any of the other races <laughs> that they come against. And like, there's, there's another race that their whole existence is predicated upon hunting, uh, hunting and eating everyone that they come across. Wow. And so the whole galaxy is afraid of those people and, and, and they come across a human and the human just kind of like tears them to pieces. <laughs> and, and so like, there's a whole, I wish I could remember the name of it because I really dove deep into it. Cause the whole idea of this is a story that's being written by so many different people and going in so many different directions was pretty cool. But the, the AI story in Dust reminded me a lot about, of that. I, I dig that. I dig that a lot. That's awesome. So, I mean, since, you know, this is the other podcast that I was going to, I was going to go into um, it and because it's, it's nerdy and uh, the name of the podcast is also pretty geeky. It's called geek, uh, geek history lessons. Ooh. Yeah. Sounds up my alley. Geek history. Yeah. So uh, the geek history lessons uh, podcast is both on your podcast and you can also find it on, on YouTube and there <clears throat> it's hosted by Jason Inman and Ashley Robinson. Now, they are great for like knowing comic books and some pop culture stuff. So they'll do, but mostly comic books. So they, they have breakdowns and kind of, they're almost like cliff notes for almost any kind of story arc or character you want to kind of know about. They've been great. I think they're great for the person that wants to know everything they want to know about, for example, Wonder Woman, right? The, let's say uh, you want to know everything about Wonder Woman. They have mm -hmm. episodes on Wonder Woman and they will tell you all the story arcs, break Ooh. down all the, all the information, all the artists they used to like uh, write, all the storytellers they used to write for them, all the artists they used to draw, the, draw her, for example, all those things. And then like, sometimes if the character is a big character with lots of story, <laughs> she came in to tell me that her, cause we, we did jujitsu before the, before the podcast. Ah. So um, I was rolling with her or no, she was rolling with her brother and her brother and her bumped heads. And now she's telling me that her lip still feels weird. So <laughs> Oh, yeah. At it, least they're it, not making popcorn. No, they're not. <laughs> Thank God. Right. Uh, so anyway, they, she, the the uh, Geek History Lesson podcast there, those two, they're great, too. I think they're a married couple. I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't know if they really kind of tell you that. But um, Jason Edmond and Ashley Robinson, they're they're great. Uh, they're hilarious. And they, they used to do episode breakdowns for like The Flash, for example. Okay. And they stopped doing it. And sometimes they kind of poo-poo something a little too much. They're like, oh, well, this is wrong with it. And they shouldn't have done that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, you know, it's just a TV show. Like, 
Yeah, you know, sure. Like, yeah, I, I get that way too, though. Uh, like, yeah. and I have to, I have to catch myself a lot where, where it's like, dude, it's science fiction. The whole point of science fiction is that they're breaking the rules. Yeah, exactly. You know? Right. You know, and so uh, it, they, they sometimes do that. And so I think they, uh, for that reason, they kind of stop doing it. Um, and so, and I'm happier for it too, to tell you honestly, because I like it better when they just talk about comic books and like history of comic books and stuff like that. Cause they've had some super deep cuts. Like they'll go deep on like, like the different versions of Superman, Batman, X-Men. They, they do breakdowns on like fucking like the different characters of the X-Men tell you all the, all the different story arcs of Spider-Man. That's awesome. Oh, I fucking, I love them. And it's, oh. it's, it's weird because I don't listen to them all the time, but mm. whenever a new movie comes out, I go super deep right into them, man. I hit every episode I need to know for that show or for that movie that's coming out because that's, that's what, you know what? I should look them up for the Wanda vision now that I think about it. Oh, have you been watching that? Yes. I love that show. Oh, I'm not, I'm not crazy about it. Well, this is what I did not to segue too far from what we're talking about, but I, before the, before we, before we, me and the family started watching that show, I made everybody watch. Oh, I love Lucy. Oh. Uh, 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 whatchamacallit, uh, Bewitched, uh-huh. uh, the Brady Bunch, Family Ties, and they already watch and, and Family Matters. Um, they wow, already, you gave them a lot of homework. Yeah, we we did it over a few days. So like we watched a couple episodes here and there, and they really liked Lucy. Uh, I love Lucy because I, I gave them the the pilot episode, and then we went to uh, the candy episode. Where, okay, have you you know which one I'm talking? Yeah, about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Where she's eating the chocolates because yeah. she can't keep up with the assembly <laughs> line. Yeah, that and episode yeah. holds up. Oh, there's a, so much of I love Lucy that holds up. You know, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, conceptually, there's some stuff in there that's dated. But in terms of construction, in terms of how to make, uh, how to write a comedy, you know, how to write a story and and stage it and all that. I mean, I Love Lucy is like the Beatles, but for TV shows, you know, it's classic. And I I agree. It's just uh, it. It's the it, there's a reason why it's still an, an iconic American thing. And, and kids, even kids know what I Love Lucy is mm-hmm. because it, it is keep making uh, comparisons here. But it, it's like Mary Melodies and Looney Tunes, right? A well done story. Funny is funny is funny. Yeah. It doesn't matter when it was made. If it's funny, it's funny. You know, well, like we watched Bewitched and I'm glad we did because I knew there was going to be a play on Bewitched just because it's black and white and she's got kind of magical powers. So like I wasn't sure if they were going to do a play on Bewitched, but I figured I should watch it anyway. And so we went and watched it. And so the kids got familiar with that that intro where it's all cartoons and stuff and they and she flies around on the broom and stuff. Well, they did the same thing on WandaVision. Yeah. Except with, you know, Vision and Wanda. And right. 
my kids are like, hey, that's just like Wanda. And I'm like, I'm so happy uh-huh. that I gave them that opportunity to kind of get to know those other shows so they can understand some of the references. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see what happens in the next episode because I think they're going in color now. And I think they're going to do Brady Bunch slash Family Ties. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'll keep giving it a chance, but it just uh, wasn't clicking for me. I, I, you see, the problem with me is, is that I go and ruin everything for myself. Hmm. So yeah, as the show comes on, you're Googling it. I'm Googling it. I'm, I'm watching every fucking nerd video yeah, breakdown. Man, you, I, I, I love doing that shit. Are you big into, into uh, Marvel? You know, yes. you like the Marvel properties. Oh, Do you ever, oh, yes. have you watched Legion? I have not. It was on, it was on FX. Yeah, no, I, Dude, I, you, you got to watch Legion. Yeah, you mentioned that's the prime example of uh, I I ruined that whole show for myself because I didn't start watching it until uh, until after it had already run. But, you know, I'm I'm watching it and the the first two episodes are so well, the whole series is super mind bending, but the, the first two episodes are so off the wall that like I started Googling it just to try to make sense of what I had seen. Uh-huh. And that's all I, all it took was like for th- like three seconds for me to ruin. It didn't ruin the series. I still went on and watched it and I loved it. And it's fantastic. It is one of the be- best made TV series, not just in the Marvel universe, but just like TV series of the last decades. It is a fantastic series, but like I totally blew, I blew the twist. Uh, just but just by googling it so if you're gonna watch legion don't google it at all oh, don't fuck. google don't google the marvel character don't google any of the characters names don't google the tv series because you will blow it for yourself I, that's hard for me to do that's really yeah, that's, well that's that's really because like one of the things i did too in preparation for for wandavision was i read the me and the kids read uh the house of m Okay. Which is kind of a story they're playing off of from my understanding in WandaVision. And and you can see the similarities and the kids have seen the trailers. And as we were reading the book house of M, the kids were like, Hey, is this like WandaVision? This is WandaVision, isn't it? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what WandaVision is really about. Maybe, you know? Yeah. And so we read all the way through uh, the house of M. And then while we were watching WandaVision, the kids are like, that's Wanda, that's the House of M. It's just like in the House of M. And that's like, so they were, so like they are getting, I am such a fucking nerd. But like, I <laughs> you can't, you just can't watch a TV show with me, as you could see. You have mm-hmm. to, you have to be prepared. You, you yeah, have to home sure. before you go watch this motherfucker. Yep. So the kids knew all the all the references for for Bewitched. They understood all the references for fucking. For, for 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 I Love Lucy, we didn't do Dick Van Dyke, but whatever. There's only so much time. But they understand right. the House of M references, and the House of M references are gonna pay back in 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 you know in in tenfold, right? Because it's like there's we haven't even broken the, through the story yet, and yeah, so much that could still happen, and they're gonna. I, I already see it. I think they're going to love it just because of some of the preparation that I've done with them. 
but forced them to do. <laughs> I forced them to do. It's funny too, because my son is like, I don't want to read this. I don't want to. No, don't. And then I start reading. Next thing you know, they're like, well, what's going to happen next? And we get, you know, and I'm like, well, we have to stop, you know? And then like, we'll, we'll pick up the next thing. I was like, well, what do you guys want to read? I want to read the house of M. I want to, yeah. like, I thought you hated that. Well, now I got to know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Anyway, who's also oh, I did. So the, you were you were talking about geek history lessons. I, I if if you really like that kind of nerdy shit that I like, you are gonna love. Yeah, it sounds lessons. it sounds like it's right up my alley. They don't just do um, uh, American pop culture either. They they've done um, there's there's a there's an episode on Sailor Moon, for example. Okay. And the the Ashley Robinson uh, host person she's super into sailor moon and uh, i listened to it it was it was not not for me she got really geeky and <laughs> kind of like i did on the muddy waters episode you yeah, got way deep in way it. way geeky and she was like talking about I, I don't know she lost me i'm like uh this is cool but like it was funny because i was i was working in the yard when i was listening to it so i had it on the radio yeah. And my daughter was listening to it while I was out there. And I was like, I'm going to turn this off. You know, <laughs> it's just not working for me. And, you know, and my, my daughter was like, no, leave it on. Why are you going to turn it off? And it's just like, it's, you know, it's just like, I'm listening. I'm it's sailor moon. I'm like, Oh fuck. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're steeped in sailor moon lore. I know way too much about sailor moon right now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. So anyway, All what's, right. what's your turn? So, uh, so my turn is a different kind of nerdy. All right. I'm going to uh, history nerdy. Oh. And I'm going I'm to bring up the Dollop podcast. Okay. And that is uh, two comedians, Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds. This is another podcast that I've, I've literally been listening to this for years. It's been around since 2014. I've probably been listening to it since 2015. Um, and it's, it's the kind of thing where I basically never miss an episode. Uh, I, I always listen to this show and it's the, the concept of it is pretty straightforward. Uh, Dave Anthony picks a story from American history and he'll, he'll research it and, and put together kind of like is an essay basically like he'll, he'll put together the story so that he can read it off. Mm -hmm. And uh, usually it's um, some sort of e either very, very silly event that happened in American history or something that's like truly shameful, basically, you know. Mm. Um, and so he'll, he'll tell the story to Gareth Reynolds and Gareth will just react to it as he's telling the story because he, he doesn't know what the story is going to be. You know, he hasn't been given any notes to prepare or anything. He just reacts. And the, and he's very quick. And his reactions are very, like he, he improvs a lot. And it, he's he's so fast on the draw and, and funny. Uh, and, and they're both funny, but um, the reactions are what makes the podcast fantastic. And also like. <laughs> 
hearing these stories about American history that you may or may not have already known. Like there were a lot of the stories that, that he goes over that I already kind of knew, but you get a little bit more depth and I, you know, I'll, I'll be fair. Um, they, they definitely have a bit of uh, not so much revisionist history point of view, but they definitely have a, a left leaning um, point of view. Okay. Now, granted, uh, I also have a particularly left leaning point of view. Um, but so, I mean, there's, there's definitely a little bit of spin to the way that the stories are presented, but for the most part, no, he's, he's just telling facts. He's yeah. just telling this is, this happened. This happened. This is part of, our quote unquote proud American heritage. This happened here. Americans did this. Uh-huh. And the and Gareth just reacts to it. You know, Dave, Dave tells the story, Gareth reacts to it. And it's a simple recipe, but it's golden every huh. time. Every time. I love that. It sounds good. It's really good. You give it a listen. Now, all of the episodes are are long. They're all an hour or more, you know, it's a long podcast, but you know, it, it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it because you will learn about history. You will learn about things that happened in American history. Uh, and you'll laugh your ass off while you're doing it. That's awesome. You see, that's what school should be like. Like the, the class should be led by a fucking comedian. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How much more is Algebra, how much more algebra would you have learned if algebra was taught by a comedian? You know, like probably not much. I'll be honest, <laughs> probably not much more because I was dead set against it. But you know, <laughs> even if it had been delivered in an entertaining way, I don't think I would have picked up more of it. <laughs> if, if Kevin Hart was teaching you algebra, you wouldn't learn algebra. I don't know how well Kevin Hart knows algebra. <laughs> I bet he knows it really well because that motherfucker <laughs> is rich. <laughs> he knows his algebra really well because uh-huh. that fucker is rich. You know? <laughs> but like, um, but like, imagine that. I mean, imagine, imagine a class like that, dude. Have, you know, like, yeah, I remember my favorite classes were that when the, the teacher was not only human, but right. relatable and funny and like, entertaining and yeah. entertaining my and presented presented the material from a standpoint where you could tell they actually cared about it. Yeah. 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 Like my, my math teacher, no, my English teacher uh, was hilarious in high school. Mr. Bingham, I believe his name was hilarious, man, hilarious, hilarious, man. And he could handle a crowd because I mean, you have a, you have a class, half of them are Mexican. You're going to get fucking heckled. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. And he, he handled the hecklers. He handled them. And he was, and I'm like, and looking back on it, man, I'm like, fuck man, that guy probably could have done fucking comedy on stage, you know? Cause he was, he was yeah. entertaining. I learned shit too. Like I was, I was excited not you know as excited as it could be about fucking English, you know. Yeah, I had, but like I had an algebra teacher who was just, oh, dude, dude, dude. I don't, I, 
This guy, I don't know why he was teaching algebra, but it was not his calling, dude. Or why? Yeah, yeah. They, you have a lot of teachers where you wonder why they're teaching. Period. Yeah, you know why? Like you, you should not be teaching. You know, uh, uh, I, I, you gotta cut algebra or math teachers in in general a little bit of slack because how do you make that exciting? You know, well, uh, how do you do it? I think I think it's not about how do you make it exciting. I think it's that particular mind, right? It's a very mathematical mind, right? And 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 maybe it doesn't it doesn't have the ability to kind of be funny. You know what I'm saying? Like because it takes well, it, yeah, it, you never know. It takes artistry to to kind of string words together to make somebody give you the haha, right? It's not. It's this, a person that only knows one answer for one certain problem. He's not, he may not have that flexibility. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if if those two things go together. You know, I mean, I think, I don't know if it's rare or not, but I mean, some, some of some very famous comedians like Tom Lehrer, which is, I mean, that's older than any of us, Mm -hmm. but Tom Lehrer was very well known. Uh, um, comedian, he would he would play like he, like funny songs on the piano about current events, mm. and he was he was actually very 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 funny. Uh, but and uh, very skilled at actually playing the piano, and you know he would write these songs, and they were very funny. But he was he's a mathematics professor. Jesus, like like. That so, guy's, that you see and when you have all those pieces come together like that yeah that's when you have a genius well sure yeah you know i mean that's why that just someone like him is rare you know yeah. someone who someone who could who could teach me math and make me laugh at the same time that's yeah. probably a fucking genius yeah you know if yeah. if, if if anybody's listening and, and they're a principal at a school and you have a fucking teacher like this who's not a, not only a math person but also like a fucking genius you need to pay him more <laughs> or her or her or her that's right or you know you know whatever you identify as that pay that person more because there that is a rarity but anyway yeah i'm with you on that so uh what's next so it's yours in my turn okay so I have another scary podcast that I really, 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 really like. It's called Astonishing Legends. Astonishing Legends. Yes. With Scott Philbrook and Forrest Burgess. Now, these guys, they have quite the, ca- uh, the, the catalog of episodes. They have quite a few episodes, but they hit everything, dude. They talk about everything and one of my favorite episodes i have a few favorite episodes but like one of my favorite episodes are the one with the black eyed kids black eyed kids scare the shit out of me (laughs) and 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 just the thought of it is is fucking weird and they and they don't they you know sometimes they can kind of figure out you know what the thing is and they can explain some of these things away you know and and maybe not so wait no there there are like this is a real thing 
Yeah. Like kids who have black eyeballs, like the whites of their eyes are black. Well, it's, it's some kind of supernatural phenomenon, right? They don't know. I don't want to give too much away. You should probably listen to the episode because I'm not going to do it justice in like five minutes or whatever. But like, basically, there's these kids that show up on your doorstep or someplace and they want to get in to wherever you're in. So there's a story where a person is in a car and they want to get in the car. There's a story where you're in your house and they want to get in your house. And something about letting them in some, you know, means something bad's going to happen to you. And there's several entities that are associated with this. Man, you are on the spooky patrol tonight. Dude, I, I listen to this kind of shit all the time. I love this shit. I would watch this shit, but it, it, I can't I can't watch it because then it gets too real for me. And then I can't I can't stop watching and it freaks me out. Like I haven't been able to watch a horror movie since I had kids. Because every fucking horror movie, something bad happens to a kid, you know? And and I and I can't I can't I can't do that to myself. But uh the it seems to be okay if I just listen to to scary stories. I don't get as freaked out. Uh-huh. But they well, listening to scary stories are it's a lot better than experiencing your own scary story. Fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> you don't want to be going back to the white room anytime soon. No, dude, I don't want to do that shit. No, no, no. Fuck the white room. But anyway, like um if if anybody is curious about the white room, go back and which which episode was that? Oh, which fuck. episode was the white room in? We were talking about Fuck, I can't remember what it was anymore. It was, it, was, it was you and me, and we were talking. Oh, it was the Aliens episode. Go back and listen to the Aliens episode if you want to hear about the White Room. Yeah. All right, yeah. for anybody's reference. And a person who, who listens to the show. The says, White Room is Edgar's scary place. Yeah, but also it's, it's, I guess, also somebody else that I know who listens to the show has a Purple Room, which is supposedly, I guess, pretty similar. and. But anyway, um, but yeah, so like he talks about these black eyed kids and I guess they're, they're some kind of creature or alien or monster or something. And, and they, I guess they're trying to abduct people. And, you, and I, I think that's what this, and this is just one episode. I assume this, this is where they're I, talking about the black eyed children, the black. Eyed, is, I'm, I'm creepy. It's creepy. Just saying that. Yes. Yes. There's, I think there's like two or three episodes because they, 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 the first episode, they always kind of go into the lore of, of the particular creature experience thing, right? And then they go into, in the following episodes, they kind of go into more actual hardcore evidence, whether it's someone telling the story or other things like that. But then they try to eventually... They either do it in the second episode or they do it in the third episode where they actually kind of try to figure out what the thing was. Ooh. You know, and sometimes they have an answer and sometimes they don't. Yeah. But there was another really interesting episode. Another episode was about a fucking orb that I guess it's from space. And it did all kinds of weird things. And it was kind of like its own engine. And it, it, like spun itself, but from the inside. So it felt like there was something inside. There was like another ball inside the orb 
and the orb spun it, spun the the other ball inside itself and would make it move around. And so certain actions or whatever would cause the orb to hop out of place and then roll around and shit and do weird things. And it almost became like a fucking pet at one point. But then uh, weird. It was, it was fucking weird. It gets weirder because eventually um, like the men in black show up, they take it and they never get it back. And, and when they do get it back, it's like, it wasn't the same. Something happened. So it's, that story was weird. Um, but they got a bunch of good ones, man. Um, really good stories. Some of them are really kind of weird. Other ones are like, wow. So how did you find these podcasts? Cause this is what the third, second or third super spooky podcast. How did you come across these? I just, I just like looking for scary stories. So then like, so what, like you Google scary stories and, and you get the astonishing legends podcast. I'm I, curious. I, I, I think, let me see. How did I even start? I've always been interested in the supernatural. Um, and, and I don't know if you listened to that other episode, but there's an episode I did with, um, with uh, Emily. It was like the first episode we'd done together. And it was on, I can't remember the name of the show or the, it was on this movie we saw, but basically there's these shadows that you see when you, um, when you wake up in the middle of the night and they're, they're basically just kind of an experience that you're having because of the state your mind is still in your mind well, is. Yeah. It's just like uh, when I brought up even that book that you're reading now. Yes. Um, uh, um, Recurrence. Uh, recursion. Recursion. Yeah, recursion. Yeah. By Blake Crouch, where it talks about like when you die, the pineal gland in your brain releases basically a flood of DMT, mm-hmm. but that's what happens when you're dreaming too. That's where your dreams come from. Yeah. Your, your brain is, is literally releasing hallucinogens into your, in your mind. That's basically what's happening to these people in this documentary that we were watching. It was a, I can't remember the name of the fucking uh, show, but uh, the, the oh, night terrors or nightmares. They're called night terrors, but yeah, oh, yeah no, no. The, yeah. Yes. The, the movie was called nightmare. Yeah. And, uh, and the the uh, you know what you're talking about is called night terrors. Yeah, night terrors. Yes. Now these night terrors they they happen because, um, like like we're saying, you wake up but your brain still thinks you're asleep. Yeah. So your yeah. eyes are open and you're yeah. having these experiences. Right. You're you're awake but the dream keeps going on. Basically, yeah. it turns into a hallucination. Yeah. And what you see is yeah, you know, a black dude or a dude in black haunting you so um, it's the candy man fuck that shit no <laughs> not candy man no nah, dude <laughs> no nah, but then like i used to have those all the time i shouldn't say oh wow but i had I, I had quite a few of those when i was a kid uh 18 19 i have a few of those and uh, i saw a few in in black and I saw a few in red, but in one particular story, I shouldn't say story, but one of the events that I went, that I kind of went through, I woke up in the middle of the night and a black shadow was standing, was standing at the foot of my bed. And I was like, what the fuck? And so I'm staring at it and it was just standing there. And I'm like, okay, I say to myself, I'm just, 
I'm just, I'm dreaming. Like I'm, 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 my eyes are getting no light. No good. Yeah. So I, I rub my eyes. I shake my head. I try to snap out of it. And I look right where the shadow was standing and it is still fucking there. So then I start tripping fucking right the fuck out. Right. And I start screaming for mommy. I'm like, mom, mom, you know? And so then, so then the thing kind of gets longer ah, and then disappears into the dresser that was like towards the foot of my bed and goes into the dresser and out the wall and it's gone. But basically I think it was like hunched over my, it was hunched over my bed. And when I started freaking out, it stood straight up and then disappeared into the wall. Dude, that's, that's, so then, that would that would freak me out for years. Well, it's not over yet. So I get up, run now. Like the way the house was, like we lived in this weird house. My parents, they busted a bunch of walls down on the front on the first floor, made a, a grocery store. On the second floor, they busted a bunch of other walls down, and, and made one long apartment. It was a four flat. Okay, it was an apartment, two two uh, two floor apartment with four apartments, right? Um, so okay. they knocked all the walls down, made one thing, one floor and one thing on the second floor. So I ran from the back of the house all the way to the front of the house. My sister was asleep in the room in the middle of the house. I'm running through the house. My sister pops out of her room. And she's like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm like, nothing. Leave me the fuck alone. Uh, you know, cause I'm thinking she's just going to fucking roast me. I don't yeah. need right now. I need mommy. Right. Yeah. So I re- now, how old were you again? 19. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, now, hey, sometimes when you're 19, you need mommy. You need mommy, man. This is mommy is the only one who can fight the evil ghost. So that's, that's what mommies do. That's what they do. Even if they don't do, I'm going to make them do. That's what they're going to do. So I'm going to, so I'm running through the house. My sister pops out of her room and she's like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, nothing. Leave me alone. Don't make fun of me. Right. And so I'm and she's like, who's back there? And I'm like, nobody. What? Whatever. And so I run all the way to the front of the house to my parents' room and I bust into my parents' room and my, my, my dad is already gone. Right. Uh So I go to my mom. Hey, what the fuck is going on? This just happened. Call the fucking priest, call the Santero, call fucking Ghostbusters. <laughs> Get somebody here now, right? La Llorona came for you. The, the fucking somebody did. The, yeah. the cucuy, whatever. Don't want them here, you know? And so uh, my mom is like, what? What the fuck? You know? And so my sister comes in the room after I told her what happened, you know? And my sister comes in the room and she's like, hey, you know, what the hell is going on? And I'm like, nothing. It's just like, is dad still here? I'm like, no, dad is not here. Dad left a long time ago because dad worked nights. And so, and she's like, well, I just saw some like super dark shadow follow you out of the room. I thought it was dad playing a trick on you. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? It's like, yeah, there was like a shadow. What? I'm like, how did you see a shadow? There's no lights on. It's like, I saw black, black shadow follow you out of the room. No. Oh God. And, and that's the story. Like that's that happened. Oh God. So 
if it wasn't for my sister, I would just chalk it up to it being a night terror. No, but no, no, no. You unlocked the Chupacabra and La Llorona and all of it. No, nah, it's, it's all of it. It's all still following you around. No, nah, fuck that shit. Put it back in the box. I unlocked nothing. I put that motherfucker back in the locker. Back. Now you told me she's going to come after me. <laughs> it's the fucking. I live in an old house, dude. There's shadows all over this fucking place. <laughs> yeah, I just did the fucking the ring on your ass. God, I just geez. made you watch the videotape. <sighs> you asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. So I was just like, yeah, it's and I and I saw that thing quite a few times. And there's been times where I saw a red version of it. I saw two little red versions. Eventually, I moved out, got my own place, and then I saw a woman in a wedding dress with a little boy. Oh, God, that is La Llorona. No, with a little boy, she was in a wedding dress. No, she was like trapped in like the 1930s or something. Like her outfit was like 1930s. You know, like she was wearing like an old, old wedding dress. And the kid was dressed up in like some shit that you see like Tiny Tim wearing. the The part where your sister saw it is where it's creepy. This is one of the things where you got to ask your sister about it now. And she's going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. You were talking in your sleep about a shadow coming after you. So I thought I'd fuck with you. <laughs> Dude, you've been carrying carrying this around for years. And and it's just she was fucking with you. Dude, I hope. Dude, you know how much of a fucking relief that would be, bro? Fucking <laughs> carrying this shit for like fucking 20 years. 50, 25 years thinking that you fucking haunted and is my sister just fucking with me you know how awesome that would be i would love for that to be true right now it would make me super pissed but i would be super fucking relieved man i bet you would damn now oh, I want, you don't want to be haunted dude now you make me want to call my you sister. can't come here you're, you're <laughs> like, i'm not inviting you i've invited you up here a couple of times now, you can't come here. I'm not a fucking, Why are you bringing that shit to me? I'm not a fucking vampire, bro. Like, fuck, you can't uninvite my ass and fucking means the, the spooky <laughs> is not going to come after you. <laughs> <laughs> you can't rescind your invitation. Uh, don't don't sick your ghoul on me, man. Yeah. So anyway. Keep your poltergeist to yourself. <laughs> so I got... One more I would like to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I got one more too. All right. So why don't you go ahead and shoot? Mine is a relative, a newer podcast. It's been around for uh, maybe two or three years now. Uh, real short seasons. Like they only do maybe eight or 10 episodes a season. It's called Heavyweight. Hmm. And it's done by a guy named Jonathan Goldstein who uh, has been in uh, public radio for years and years, started with Canadian public radio. Um, And he did a show uh, a long time ago that I used to listen to that I can't remember the name of now, but it would get broadcast on NPR. And he he was a producer on This American Life for a while. So he worked with Ira Glass and you can definitely kind of tell Mm -hmm. in the style of the show, but the, the concept of the show is that people submit um, confrontations that they would like to have to, what? to Jonathan, right? They, they send him, uh, basically it's uh, 
they have a problem with somebody else in their life and they don't know how to confront that. And so Jonathan intercedes and in his words, acts as an interlocutor <laughs> and, and basically uh, like steps in and says, I'm going to have this confrontation for you. Wait, wait, so is, <coughs> is this like the Jerry Springer of podcasts? Is that no, what and that's the thing. It's it's very much like this American life in style. You know, it's very narrative, uh-huh. um, and and you can tell it takes him like months to make an episode. You know, um, but uh, like he'll he interviews these people and gets what their story is and why they want to have this confrontation. You know. And um, then uh, calls up the person that they want to have the confrontation with and interviews them and then sort of facilitates the confrontation. (laughs) He facilitates the point where they confront each other. And it's fascinating. This sounds awesome. It's absolutely fascinating. And my favorite episode of it, hold on. Let me look up, let me look up the, the name of it because now, of course, now that I'm talking about it, now that I'm on the spot and I'm talking about it, I can't remember it. Um, but it was in uh, season two of it, it where um, he talks about how he was at one time where he, the problem is his own. He does an episode called Marshall. Um, uh, it's episode 22 of the podcast. And he's, he's interceding on his own behalf. Okay. Uh, and he's talking about how when he was a film student, they watched a movie called Russian Ark, which is a, a really a large sweeping film that was it was a one take. The entire movie was done in one take. Huh. So it's like a two hour movie of um, they're, they're, where they're going through. It's a Russian um, film mm-hmm. and it's a two hour movie where it legitimately filmed in one take where they just move the camera through the story. Uh, and they're going through this palace and basically going from room to room. And the final scene, they they go into this grand ballroom and there's an orchestra playing. And one of the violin performers in the orchestra spikes the camera. Right? Mm-hmm. And spiking the camera as he looks at the camera. It breaks, yeah. the, breaks the fourth wall. And it ruins the movie for Jonathan as a film student. Right? As a film student... For him, it rendered the entire, it turned the entire movie from being a masterpiece into being uh, an irretrievably flawed um, film, you know? Oh, come on. And, you know, and and that's, and there's film students for you, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I'm a film student. Um, But, but like, but this is, this is uh, like Russian arc. I've not seen it. Uh-huh. But after listening to the rest the the episode, I went and I looked into it, and it's uh, it it is legitimately like a well regarded masterpiece because I mean think about all of the planning that has to go into doing 
a two hour long one shot, you know, and for anybody who's listening, who doesn't know a one shot is, you know, most movies are, they shoot individual scenes, they shoot them multiple times, and then they edit, edit everything together to make a movie. And this movie was just, no, you get one fucking shot at this. Yeah. Because we're filming the whole thing in one take at best, we could maybe be able to, at best, we could do this twice. Yeah. You know, at best we could make everybody sit through this for, for trying to do it in two takes, but they did it in one take one shot, the whole thing. So the camera never stops filming. There are no splices. There are no changes. And, and so uh, you get through the entire movie and then there right before the very end, one violinist looks at the camera and for Jonathan, it blew the whole thing. And so it, it, it's a weird episode of this because he's not being the interlocutor on anybody's behalf. Mm-hmm. It's on his own behalf. And so he, it, the whole episode is about him digging down, finding out who the violinist is, calling the violinist up and interviewing him and finding out that the guy doesn't even know that he did it and doesn't like feel bad about it because he never knew he did it. And when he's told that he did it, he laughs and he says, Oh, eh, I guess I, maybe I did look at the camera. Not a big deal. You know, it doesn't care. And then he (laughs) gets up, finds and manages to get a hold of the director of the movie, which is impressive in its own right, because I can't remember the director's name, but fundamentally the Russian equivalent of Scorsese. Okay. You know, so actually being able to get the guy to call you back and, and do an interview is pretty impressive. Uh-huh. And so he gets an interview with the, with the director and he, and, you know, he kind of warms him up a little bit talking about, you know, films and how he was a film student. And then he kind of butters him up talking about how Russian arc was this wonderful masterpiece. And then he asks him like, but what about at the end where Marshall spikes the camera. Yeah. And the director was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, and, and he like pushes it. He's like, well, there's this one violinist who looks directly into the camera and it's the first time anything like that has happened throughout the whole movie. And it kind of, do, do you feel that diminishes the movie? And the guy, the guy's talking to him through a translator. Uh-huh. But you hear he's the he's very good natured. You can hear in his voice he's not upset or anything. And uh, the director's like, no, it didn't diminish the movie at all. The, the movie's a masterpiece. I mean, it, I, I'm proud of that movie, and I'm always going to be proud of that movie. I'm glad you're a fan, basically. You know, yeah, not offended or anything. Just like, uh, and, and considering, I never noticed it, and you're the only person who in the, in the 20 or 30 years since I made this movie, who has ever brought it up to me, it doesn't strike me as a problem, you know, (laughs) but he keeps pushing it. Yeah. Like he's trying to make it like, he's trying to make this guy see his point of view. Yeah. He's trying to like, like he's got this conflict and he can't like Jonathan has got this conflict in him about this movie. And he simply can't accept that nobody else has this conflict. And he keeps pushing it to the point where the director kind of starts to sound a little bit annoyed yeah. and, and has a relatively long exchange with the translator. 
And then Jonathan's like, and when he finishes, he's like, Jonathan says, the translator doesn't say anything. And Jonathan's like, so what, what, what did he say? What was that all about? And, and the translator thinks about it for a second. And she's like, uh, he, he's a little bit concerned that you can't let this go. <laughs> he, he doesn't understand why you're so invested in it because it's not your movie. It's his movie. <laughs> and so the whole episode, I, the reason it's my favorite episode is a lot of the episodes are actually very touching and very poignant. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, these are people who actually need to have a confrontation and clear the air and repair their relationship. A lot of the episodes are just funny, you know, but this episode in particular is it, it's so wacky because it's like it, this the conflict doesn't exist. It's a conflict that he's invented for himself and blown way out of proportions inside yeah. his own mind. And he's the one who can't let it go. And it's not even something that he's involved with. That's hilarious. He's like yeah. the guy he's it's it's funny because it's almost like He's the guy who fixes other people's problems, but can't fix his own. Yeah. Right. Yes, exactly. And I think that that plays a key part in every episode. That's funny because he's got something he's got to solve, but he can't do it for himself. Right. Yes, exactly. He helps all these other people, but when it comes to solving his own problem, he can't even basically wrap his head around the fact that it's not a problem. You know, you're just being neurotic. (laughs) I have, I have a similar problem. It's like, it's like me when it comes to building my own website for promoting Mm -hmm. myself, I'm incapable of making the design that's good enough for my, for my website. I can never, I'm, I'm forever working on making the design for my website. I have no problem for doing it for clients. When clients ask me to make a website, bam, it's done. You know? But the moment that you're trying, yeah, I have to do it for myself. I can't do it. I, I, right. I, I get, because I, get, I fell into this before I, you know, where I've created websites for myself or websites for, you know, my own product or something. Yeah. And it, it's like, you want it to be a masterpiece for, for me. It's like, you want it to be a masterpiece. And I sit there and, and would, would, tear it up and start over from scratch. And it's like, it's gotta be perfect. And then finally just get to the point where, where, where it's just like, I just need a website and get sick of it and just throw up some garbage. You know, <laughs> It's like, it's not the masterpiece. It's worse than you've ever done. You know? yeah. just, and that's your website. And that's how you're going to get clients <laughs> or sell your product. Oh man. That's, that's funny, man. So he's got like a huge character flaw in himself. So it's almost like a podcast that's like telling stories, but also telling a story about himself kind of like, like without wanting to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. I like that he did yeah. that. But obviously he wants to, otherwise he wouldn't be doing it. But yes, it's like begrudging to a, to a degree. Yeah. It's funny because, I mean, nobody's going to agree to that. That he has a you know has a problem when there isn't one but anyway so my last um uh recommendation here or one of my last favorites here is the art of manliness uh podcast with uh brett mckay he is so brett mckay basically the kind of like the 
the the the way he does his podcast is you know he does he does the short intro then he you know he gets and it's usually about a book like there's other ones where he gets like a an expert in something and he gets the expert to come in and talk about things but basically mostly they're books that he's read and he brings in the author to kind of talk about the subject that he's that he's read on so that's how he prepares he's already prepared by have by having read the book he knows everything about the topic that the person's going to speak on and then he has his questions you know that he probably came up while reading the book or kind of questions to kind of help clarify what the book is about you know so then um one he's had quite a few people on um one of the most memorable ones was the book on i'm trying to remember um it was on i can't remember the book i read it and i love it and i can't remember the name of the book tribe it's called tribe so he had the 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 author of tribe come in and they talk about the book but also he talks about his experience in terms of like trying to write the book. And so he don't, they don't just give you uh, like a, like a cliff notes of the book. Sure. They, they kind of do that for you. They kind of summarize the book for okay. you, yeah. but they but, but having the author on for the book, he fills in other holes that you wouldn't, that you're not going to get from the book. So like, for example, okay. if you want to pick up tribe, mm-hmm. uh, you, you're, you're going to read tribe. And then after you read tribe, you're going to want to listen to this podcast where he has the author of tribe talk about the book, because he, then he kind of talks about the subject of the book itself. And he doesn't just kind of reference the book itself, but like uh, in terms of, again, this example here, tribe, the book is about kind of the way we live now in comparison to how we are kind of made to live. Like we're made, sure. we're a tribal uh, species. Yep. And uh, not having, and, and I think our dilemma, or I shouldn't say I think, but the author kind of talks about the possible dilemma that human, like human life currently has is that we're not built for this kind of single living existence that's that interesting have. i kind of want to read that book now i was because i was just the other day having a conversation with a friend of mine mm-hmm. kind of around this concept and how uh, and certainly i i am no psychologist or philosopher you know i don't know anything from anything but i feel like as a species like we are, we are predisposed to seek out kind of uh, cooperative living, you know, seek out uh, cooperative existence because we know that cooperative existence is, is better for our survival. You know, yes. Other, if, if we weren't hard coded to seek out a cooperative living situation, we wouldn't have things like society, you know, you know what I mean? Yes. And it, we have uh, kind of projected on us instead a primary motivator of competition that we're supposed to compete with each other. 
I mean, that's ultimately how capitalism works. And, and I am, I believe in capitalism. Let's, I'll be straightforward. I mean, I don't think it's the only way to do things, but I, I believe it has its merits, but you know, we're, we, I, from things that I've read and just kind of observing humanity and, and reading about history and, and how humans came to be and how civilization and society grew. I think it, it, it seems to me like we're much more hard coded to live cooperatively than to live competitively. And so I, tribe is the name of the book. I think I might want to read that. Yes. The name of the book is called tribe. I just looked it up. Uh, the name of the book is tribe and it's by Sebastian Younger, J-U-N-G-E-R. And uh, it's a great little book. It's not a, it's not a long book either. Um, I really re do recommend it because one of the things that kind of, uh, this, this book has really kind of influenced kind of the way I think about things these days too. Uh, and I've, and I, I believe uh, Joe Rogan, also had this guy on his on his podcast as well but i feel like the art of manliness does a better job of kind of some like summarizing and kind of talking about the subject of loneliness right um, okay and and the and again like uh, like i i love rogan he's another one of those podcasts that that i would recommend people but i mean i'm sure people are already listening to this guy he's 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 a great, he's, he's, it's a great podcast. It's, I mean, and, and to kind of not uh, recognize the influence that he's had on, on just this kind of media in general, would just kind of be silly. I mean, the, the, the man has made huge influence, has, has made a huge influence on this particular medium. Mm -hmm. And just that, that alone, I think he's, you know, he's made his mark. Um, I, don't know if I like every single episode and I don't know if I like his politics and I kind of, I'll kind of leave it at that. But, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I think we, we have a pretty, one of our better policies is to not shit on things. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to agree with you there that uh, uh, politics are not, I mean, no, I, I don't care for every episode and I, I certainly don't care for every point of view that, that he takes, but there is certainly some magic to his podcast. You know, for sure. you can't, you can't, you can't ignore that. Can't. He's, he's put together a formula that works. Yeah. I, I, I would credit him and maybe a handful of other people for the fact that podcasts even continue to exist and flourish as they are, you know, doing now. Right. Yeah. Anyway, going back to Sebastian Young or Junger or Jung Younger, whatever, however you want to pronounce it. His book on tribe, like just for example, um, I don't, I don't want to give too much away since you want to read the book, but he's, he's basically kind of illustrates examples of when like people kind of don't flourish in certain environments and absolutely, you know, do better when they are part of something where they actually yes. kind of feel part of the thing. And so like the point I was making about in terms of how it's changed, how I kind of behave, I always kind of take 
my point of view from the fact that, okay, maybe what I'm doing isn't exactly beneficial for me right now, but it could benefit the group. Yeah. And if it benefits the group, it will benefit me in the long run. Right. Yeah. And so I, I try my best to kind of always kind of keep that in perspective because I think I behave a little selfishly sometimes. And, and we all do, you know, and of course you're going to do, you, you can't survive without making decisions that are for your own self-interest, but you can survive by making decisions that are not about competitive, competing with other people. You know, making, you can make decisions that are in your, your own self-interest that are not also predicated on somebody else having to lose, you know? Yeah, um, I agree with that. And, I, and we, I think culturally, it's something that we've latched on to, especially here in, in the United States. We have a certain kind of aggressive self-interest at the core of almost everything we do. Yeah. Uh, Like very aggressive self-interest. And to the point where like, we can't even come to the table anymore. We can't, people just are so um, wound up in, is this good for me? As opposed to, is this good for everybody? Yeah. That they lose sight of the fact that, if it's good for everybody, it's also good for you. Yes. No. Yeah. Even if it doesn't make me rich, even if right. I don't climb the ladder, even if, if, if none of this right. self-interest, it might make, it might make the world better. Yeah. You know, and if it makes the world better, fuck, guess what? You live in the fucking world, you know, like yeah. that's good for yeah. me. You know, other people are a real thing. You, yeah. you have to share the world with other people, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. And so on that basis alone, you, you can't just live your life being aggressively self-interested. It certainly works for some people. It works out very well for some people, but look around you. Most of the people that live that way are pretty fucking miserable at the end of the day. Not everybody is going to be a millionaire, you know? Yeah no matter how aggressive you are about it anyway. Yeah. And if so you, I, I have to read this book, you're going to like it. It's a short book. You'll probably crush it in like an hour, but uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's really eye opening. I would, I would recommend you read that book and then listen to the podcast okay. and, th- and this, uh, and at least for that episode, but like, it's, it's so weird too. It's just the, the coincidental nature of it. Like literally just having this conversation with a friend of mine mm-hmm. about this very topic without even knowing anything about this book. Or some people just want to talk or yeah. some people, they, they need, they need you to just be there yeah. while they, I don't know, cook an egg. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, or, you know, some people just need to talk and mm-hmm. they don't need you to make suggestions or try to help solve their problems. Mm-hmm. They just need to talk to you. They just need to get it out. Yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes that's, that's all it is. I, I don't know. We're, I agree. Who would have thought that a discussion of podcasts 
would have gotten so philosophically deep. <laughs> Speaking of philosophy, Martin wants to do a philosophy episode. Oh, so. wow. That sounds heavy. Yeah, I don't could know. do that. That would take some, that would take some research. It's going to take some preparation. I have to talk to him. I haven't had a chance to talk to him. Uh, but talk I got to him about it. Let's flesh it out. I want, well, you see, like I, 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 I took a class. Uh, well, I took, well, obviously you have to take philosophy in, in college in order to yeah. graduate. But I also took. Oh, well, you don't have to. Well, it was one of the electives. But I did. Yeah, yeah. I took philosophy uh, because I'm a big nerd. And I like to think about life but um or the meaning thereof uh but it, anyway like uh i took you know plato whatever but also like i took chinese philosophy mm -hmm. and uh and of course like in in high school there you know i was exposed to a few other kind of philosophies but i would i would so dig that um i just i would i would have to kind of talk to him and see which which of them yeah, that would that would be a real deep, but uh, I'd, I'd probably spend a lot of time talking out of my ass. Well, isn't that basically what philosophers do? <laughs> I mean, Fundamentally, yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they, they talk out of their ass usually in an informed way, but they are just making shit up. I think so. I mean, why not? You know, I mean, they, they kind and of- Sometimes it fits, you know, sometimes they land. Yeah. You know, like they come up with a point and then they rationalize for it, you know? Yep. Yeah. But, yep. uh, uh, there, there's some, uh, like there's some more like kind of interesting newer philosophies that I haven't dared touch, you know, like, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a topic that I'm educated on, but not like highly educated yeah. or recently educated. Yeah. I'm not a PhD philosopher, dude. No, no, no. no. You know who would be a fun person to have on that episode? Uh, your brother. My brother would probably be very kind of like he's 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 working on his PhD for English, mm -hmm. or I don't, I don't know exactly what English. Like I don't know if it's literature or what, but he's he's in that area. You know, he is very smart. He uh, he's he's. He's kind of busy. He's got like, I don't know. He's, he's like making a baby or something. I don't know. It's just <laughs> like right now, like not right now. Pick like, up the phone and call him. Let's interrupt <laughs> that shit. Hey, I know you're busy, but no, like, I mean, the baby's made, he's just cooking, you know? So it's just like, uh, I see. So the baby's about to pop like, I don't know, a couple of weeks or something. It's just, well, you better get a hold of him soon. Cause once that baby pops, he's not going to have any time for anything. Oh, that, yeah. He has no idea what he's no, in for. He has no idea. No one does. No <sighs> one. Have, there is no such thing as being prepared. No. And no matter how much people tell you, like it, it doesn't matter. Like you have to live it to see how bad it is. <laughs> yeah. Cause I yeah. dude, like there was a moment where I was, I had, I, I was, I was falling asleep like, like with the baby in my arms and I was fighting, fighting to stay awake, but I couldn't stand no more. And I couldn't keep my eyes open anymore. And the baby almost rolled out of my hand. Oh no. As soon as that, as soon as that fear came in, I jolted the, I pulled the baby back to my chest, stood the fuck up. And, and I, I didn't sleep after that. Like right. I was, Cause it just yeah. scared the shit out of me. And I just walked from room to room 
and fucking pain until my wife finally kind of took over mm-hmm. but those first two months, month number two, especially is fucking hell. It's fucking hell. There is no greater pain or joy to witness in that second month. But, but, but if you can find a way to skip it, <laughs> you will save yourself probably some years. <laughs> like you're probably going to live longer. Yeah. yeah. Skip. If you can skip like from like years two to four, I would, I would you could skip those and then you could skip 12 to 19. <laughs> so just like a 10, just keep them for 10 <laughs> for age right, 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After that, just give them back. Yeah. yeah. Just get a nanny, away. get them in there. Yeah. Like I, I, I love my boy so much. Yeah. I absolutely do. And nothing is ever going to change that. But there have been so many times where it's been like, I understand why boarding schools exist. (laughs) There there have been so many times where it's just like, I don't care how much military school costs. Let's talk about it. (laughs) You know, I uh, will make a way to pay for this. Right. Like, and, and you know, that obviously never happened, but I mean, oh my God. And you're, you're just coming up on it. How old's your oldest? My oldest is nine. Oh boy. And my oh son, boy. And my youngest. Brace yourself, because like the next three years are gonna be great because they're like little people now. They're they're little people and they can be temperamental, mm-hmm. but it's manageable. And soon they're gonna be not so little people and not so manageable. Oh boy. And there's going to be just a constant test. It's constant, dude. It's constant. The constant (laughs) test of the boundaries, the constant test of what they can and cannot get away with. Yeah. The screaming matches. And not you screaming, getting screamed at. Dude, it's coming. And you got two of them. Uh, I only had the one. You got two of them. And one of them is a girl. My, my, my daughter and my son, there, like there is, there is no. I have nothing but fond memories, like of her being a baby growing up. I look at these pictures, mm-hmm. and it's like amazing, you know. Like I kind of understand why old ladies want to touch the bellies and smell yeah. the babies because it's a kind of almost a way to kind of time travel to sure. Yeah. You know, recapture some of that nostalgia, that sentiment. Yeah. And, and so when I look at pictures of them, when they were little, I remember how awesome they were when they're little and they're even awesome now because now my son, he's no longer just a little, a little dude eating meat right now. Now he's, he's a bigger little dude. And he has a personality. He has like a personality. Right now they're, they're at the age where they have their own personalities and they're really, like I said, they're becoming their own little people. Mm-hmm. And it's so fun. Those years are so much fun. And then it's all going to come to an abrupt stop. <laughs> I know. I know. You laugh. You laugh. Oh, my, you I laugh, laugh like a, because like a I'm, villain, but I'm yeah. going through it right now you know 
and have been for the past several years. But um, uh, and then they're going to start dating. Uh, and you got to you got to like talk and make nice with whoever their the other parents are. And then they break up and become mortal enemies with those people. And I mean, just think about it. You were a teenager, you know, and then you really start thinking about going out to buy a shotgun, you know, it's just like, it's, it's coming. I'm, I'm trying my best to kind of prepare myself. Oh, there's no preparation and the kids for this. Cause it's coming. Right? There's, there's no prepper there's it's just like going into having a baby yeah. there's no preparation for it well there's no, no amount of preparation will make you ready i am i have i've been teaching my daughter jujitsu and teaching her kickboxing and boxing we've been working on strike on on stick fighting so i think one of the things too that goes along with the martial arts classes, unfortunately can't happen right now, but these classes are predominantly boys, right? So what I'm hoping that will happen in the process is that she gets used to being around boys. She realizes what boys can be like mm -hmm. at all different times and realizing that, you know, maybe at one point she's going to like a boy and she's going to know that that boy can be an asshole too, you know? Yeah. And that she's going to kind of, I'm hoping that she kind of already realizes what boys will be like. And that, so, she, you know, maybe she doesn't get her feelings hurt so much and maybe she doesn't make mistakes and stuff. And I'm, that's, that's the hope, but also like, God forbid, you know, something bad happens. She knows how to defend herself, but also how to deal with kind of challenges. Right. But like my son is already, it's funny. My son is really smart, like physically. My daughter is too. They're both really gifted in their own ways. But my son has been doing some really kind of, today, I taught him how to break an armbar. Like mm -hmm. there's a way of defending an armbar, right? And I taught him a new way of how to break open the armbar. And I also, today we, we drilled how to pass the guard, like how to get around the legs and get to a, a position of dominance, etc. So we drilled that stuff today and then we did sparring later. And lo and behold, the little fucker did everything we practiced. Mm. And not only did he do everything we practiced, but he strung it together and then pulled out the arm bar. He got to the arm bar and broke the arm off. And I'm like, this kid is going to be a fucking monster. Sometimes I worry about him, but then there's moments like that where I'm like, oh, if he's interested, mm -hmm. he's going to be fine. And he's just, he's really surprised me lately with the jujitsu and shit like that is just like, wow. Now yeah. the, my daughter is also pretty good, but she doesn't, I haven't seen her pick up stuff like he does. She's mm -hmm. got her own little tricks. He, he, like, I just showed them. I only, we only drilled that stuff a few times. And today was the first time he saw some of the stuff I, we did today. And he did that today on the mat. And I was like, what the fuck? Nice. You know? 
So it's one part, he's a little kid, you know, the other part, you know, cause I mean, they're sponges. Yeah. And then, yeah. The other, but the other part might be like, you know, he might be kind of, you know, gifted in certain ways. So we'll see. Yeah. He might be, you know, good that you're, you know, learning this now. Yeah. So that, so that when he's 16 and you guys rumble for real, you won't be surprised <laughs> when you lose. Yeah, when he kicks my ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to start playing basketball or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. No more sparring. Right. We're just going to play basketball from now on. <laughs> All right, dude. All right, brother. So, uh, well, Whoa, we've been going for a long time. Yeah. Three hours. Look at that. Hmm. Maybe we should start capping these off. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I yeah. didn't even realize we were speaking three hours. Yeah. I knew, we were, I knew yeah. we were going long, but I, I didn't know it was, we are on three hours. Holy shit. <laughs> but on that note, the list of, so hot boxing, the adventure zone, spooked, dust, geek history lessons, the dollop, astonishing le- legends, Heavyweight and the art of manliness and lore and lore. Yeah. Did you talk about lore? I Aaron Mankey. Yeah. Did I not talk about lore? I don't think you talked about lore, but I don't have another forty-five oh. minutes in me. No, let's let's not <laughs> let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, no. I gotta go put the babies to bed. Yeah. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, thanks so much, man. Yeah. It's been good. It's been good. Yeah. I hope you get to uh, read that book. I'm going to read Recursion and I'll let you know what what, what I think about it. It's on my desk. I got to read it. But uh, anyway, man, thanks. Thanks for coming on, brother. Yeah. Good talk as always. Looking forward to the next one. For sure. All right. This is Edgar Otraves. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Music, Star Cluster, can be found over on Epidemic Sound. Well, there's another one for you. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I always enjoy the company of Not My Cousin Dan. He's a great man, really smart guy. Uh, Always makes me laugh. I hope he has the same effect on you. If you're interested in any of the things or podcasts that we talked about, you'll be able to find all you need in the description. As always, you know the deal. Like, subscribe, comment. Leave a message, send us hate mail, send us love mail, send us whatever mail through our social media channel on Instagram, which is The Flow Roll, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to get yourself a nifty cup or throw pillow with a logo on it through our store at shop.theflowrollpodcast.com. Thanks so much. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.